All right. Good evening. Everyone doing good? How many's football team is still in the hunt? There you go. How many's football team has been eliminated? How many don't have a football team and are proud of it? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the mine week number two. Um, we are um, at the beginning stages of the whole idea of the journey 180 is Cornerstone's um, five month journey from beginning to the end. If you don't have one of these, make sure you grab one of these. On the back has our calendar, has all the topics we're going to be talking about at the mine. It also has all the topics for those who are doing the Sunday morning elective that we'll be talking about there. You can do just the mine and go from beginning to end and be fine. You can do just Sunday morning, go from beginning to end and be fine. If you do both, it'll be a little more comprehensive. And then on the inside, hopefully some of you already checked off some boxes, is just a five-month reader um, that will take you um, through Scripture and keep you close to where we're at. Um, with these different studies. So these are found in the back. Um, just a note, um, our web team has been doing incredible things. How many like the new Cornerstone website, by the way? Yes. Our web team has done an incredible job really incorporating the mine, incorporating this whole Journey 180 idea. And so Journey 180 for the next five months actually has its own page. So go on um, the Cornerstone page. And here's what will be on there. This reader will be on there. Any handout that we give out, either on Sundays or at the mine, will also be there for you to download. Um, and then it's also podcasted, so you can listen to me, or heaven forbid you want to actually see me, you can you can do that and and keep that going. So tonight we've got a lot to talk about um, because as we as we've already stated, we're going to be following the Bible chronologically through history, and the Bible was not written chronologically. There are things that pop back and forth. But we're going to try to follow a simple timeline. And as we mentioned before, we're trying to separate these in 500-year increments. So at the bottom of your reader, you sort of see these 500-year increments. Now, here's the first thing you need to know. These aren't exactly 500 years, okay? We just put a signpost within range so you had a signpost and a figure to remember. That way, as we go through, you could start placing people and events in its proper order. For those who are out... Sunday morning, we walk through what it means to actually place events in history and how a lot of those things are remembered. Wars are remembered. Kings and leaders are remembered. Not many people know who the, the best actor was 200 years ago. Not many people could even name an actor 200 years ago. And so things that are real popular and things that we identify today aren't quite as popular when you start going back into history, and especially when you get back into antiquity. Okay, we also talked about the timing. Um, we mentioned that that um, we're going to put Noah at about 2,500. Now, keep in mind, Noah lived a long time, so he's going to span a couple of signposts. But we'll put Noah at around 2,500 um, B.C. We'll put Abraham at around 2,000 B.C. Moses around 1,500. David at 1,000. Daniel at 500. And Jesus at zero. Okay, so those are just basic Signposts, and yes, we know Jesus was probably born four to six BC. Okay, any questions on that? All right. The other thing we talked about on S Sunday morning, and I want to be clear on this: if your kids come home and they go, "I don't know what BC means," and "I don't know what AD means," it's because their textbooks don't say BC and AD anymore. Your collegiate textbooks don't say BC and AD anymore. Okay, BC we know is before Christ. AD is Anno Domini, the year of the Lord. Okay. 
what they have currently is BCE, before Common Era, and CE, Common Era. That will be the last time you hear me speak of that, okay? We're going to always call it BC and AD, because we can, all right? So we're going to do that. So, But just so there's no confusion, if they go, hey, what's that mean? All right, so that's the basic timeline. Now, tonight we're talking about creation. So we are going to be, these are the trees, the tree of life. We're going to be way over here. And we're going to talk about how far over here we might actually be. Because there's a big argument um, with within Christianity, within theologians on how old is the earth, how old is the universe. So we'll touch on that a little bit. But again, we're going to just try to follow along on this timeline. One last thing I want to do before we get going tonight. On the back table, there's a bunch of little notes, little birthday card type things. Um, our team has been going um, down to Jamaica. We went down as Cornerstone um, for the first time about 10 years ago, and we've restarted going back down to Jamaica. A couple years ago, we had a team down there, and we got to an orphanage. And this orphanage, um, we like to visit orphanages. We go to the hospitals, the prisons, and we do a whole bunch of school assemblies um, down in Jamaica. Not to mention we're on the street doing programs, music, and all that kind of fun stuff. And most of the orphanages are great, like Mama Sapora's orphanage in Kenya is phenomenal, Suresh's in India is phenomenal, and for the most part, most of the Jamaican ones are phenomenal. Well, we stumbled upon one that was less than phenomenal. It was more like an orphan Annie type orphanage, and the kids were mistreated. And so we had a decision, well, are we going to go here? We, um, and the decision was yes, because it's not the kid's fault. And so we, we go there and we spend time with the kids, and we try to help them as much as possible. As we were doing a puppet show and, and hanging with the kids, someone tapped us on the shoulder and said, hey, you need to go back and see Erica. We're like, okay. And so we go all the way back, um, sort of against the wishes of the, but we just sort of moseyed on back. And here sat on this bed. She's bedridden. She's a, she's um, got a lot of um, health issues. And Sissus Erica, with a big old smile, and she was crying at that time because she couldn't, no one could lift her to get her out to where the puppet shows were. And she's in her, in her late 20s. And so we started talking to her and found out that um, she, she gave us this book, a bunch of papers that she had written. It's about a 40-page autobiography on her life. And we sat there and read it. And it will blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. And then she started showing us poetry and drawings. And I'm not just... I'm not kidding. Her poetry is top level. It's stuff that could get published. Um, her drawings are absolutely in-depth and, and amazing. And, and we just started seeing in her this creative spirit, this joy in the midst of hell. And so we said, well, man, we, we've got to keep in touch with her. And so we have over the last couple times. And we keep going back there and we talk to her and, and we're trying to get, um, and you'll probably see this soon, we're trying to get some of um, her stuff out so people can see and trying to help her get out of there. Well, this week, actually yesterday was her birthday. And so we thought, you know what? No one ever goes and sees her except for once a year us. And so what if she just got inundated with birthday cards? What if they're just coming from all over? And we're not going to send them to the orphanage. We're going to send them to Next Generation Missions, and they're going to hand deliver them to her. And what if we just do about 500 birthday cards and, and thoughts? And so we have those in back if you'd like. All we need is just like a little paragraph just saying, hey, Erica, E-R-I-C-A, we love you, and we thank you for your creativity, and we pray for you each and every day. And so if you can write a little note on the way out and leave it at the table, that would be huge, and we'll go and mail those tomorrow. All right, so let's open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you um, that you are um, the creator. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that you take away all distractions. I pray that we can focus in on you. Give us the wisdom to see things exactly the way you see them. And give us the wisdom also not to um, um, get stuck on things that absolutely don't even matter um, in the course of history. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Bible is all about the revealing of Jesus Christ. And um, so we are going to study with a fervor over the next five months. Um, And I just pray that you illuminate to each one of us individually the things that you need us to hear. Heavenly Father, we love you. It's in your precious Son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so open your Bibles to Genesis. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Sunday, we barely dipped into it. um, And we studied the first verse. And if you didn't get one of these, these are notes. For those of you who like to fill in blanks, I have blanks for you to fill in. Um, And then on the back um, is a little um, devotion I wrote a while ago. and And basically, it tells the story of when I was in high school. And and I had had a lot of assumptions, and I, I just really never dug into what things meant. And I remember a science teacher, one of my science teachers, talking to me about the beginning, um, about the beginning and how everything just came into being. And I remember sitting there going, well, what if that happened again? If everything just went boom and everything appeared out of nothing, what if that happened again? Well, what if all of a sudden a horse appeared in the room or what, what if all of a sudden another Milky way or another, what if a car, what, what would happen? And I started sort of going, that really doesn't make sense. And I asked the science teacher and she's like, Oh, well, of course it makes sense. I'm like, I don't get it. How does something just come out of nothing? What? And, and, and funny thing, we just got done talk, doing this domino experiment about, look, here, here's dominoes. And, and in order for them to knock over, there needs to be a cause to create this effect. And I was like, that's awesome. What caused everything? And she's all, well, it just happened. And then the bell rang. And so, I'm, and so, and I remember growing up, oh, I'll just ignore that and I'll just keep going on because obviously it's true. And, and I've done that a lot with the Bible growing up too. Oh, I'll just ignore that crazy statement that I just read because obviously it's true. And, and, and so we want to avoid doing that. Um, so let's start at Genesis chapter one and we'll, we'll get moving here. Genesis chapter one, the most important um, verse really, cause this sets the foundation. This is the thesis statement for Genesis and this is the thesis statement for, um, the first two chapters, which are the creation chapters um, in the Bible. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's 10 very important words, and it starts um, with five very important words. Okay, in the beginning, you can underline that because in the beginning states that there was a beginning. According to the Bible, there was a beginning. The Bible starts out with the initial assumption that there is a beginning. The universe didn't just always exist. There is a beginning. But not only that, the Bible goes further. In the beginning, God. So not only was there a beginning, the universe isn't just infinite, but at the beginning was God. Okay, so there was a beginning, and then there was God. But then the Bible goes further and says not only was there a God, it hasn't identified which, but not only is there a God, but this God is creative, and he's a personal God. So in the beginning, God created. And what did he create? The heavens and the earth. There's your thesis statement. Now, chapter 1, we'll go back 
and explain that statement. And it will do it in sort of a flood-like type way. It'll give a broad scope of the six days of creation and how they happened and the order in which they happened. Then chapter 2 will take this floodlight and focus it into a spotlight and focus just on one of those days. And that's day 6 and more importantly, the creation of man. So the first thing you need to know is there are not two creation accounts in the Bible. Okay, skeptics will toss that out. There are not two creation accounts in the Bible. There's one creation account. Okay, chapter one gives a floodlight overview and then it goes back and explains itself. And in Hebrew writing, this happens a lot. There will be a statement and then it will go back and explain the statement. Or there will be a, a full chapter and then we'll have a couple of chapters going back and explaining that. Okay, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in the beginning, the book Genesis, the word Genesis literally means origins, okay? The origins, the beginning of things. And not only does the book of Genesis talk about the origins of the universe, the origins of creation, the origins of man, but it will go on to talk about the the origin of sin, the origins of human government, the origins of race and ethnicity. It'll just go and go. And, and so the book of Genesis, especially chapters 1 through 11, talk about the origins of everything, sort of a foundational approach. And then, as we talked about last week, from that point on, after we get to chapter 12... From chapter 12 all the way into the cross and beyond, it is the story of just one man and his family and his descendants. Okay? So from chapter 12 of Genesis, for the rest of the Bible is the story of one man and his descendants. And why is that? Because this one man carries the bloodline of the Savior of the world. We'll talk about in chapter 3, the fall of man and how sin got introduced in the world and how the original promise that someone, a Messiah, a Savior would come to rectify the issue of sin. And so the Bible spends all its time talking about that bloodline and we'll follow that thread all the way to the cross. And so everything in the Old Testament points towards the cross. Everything in the New Testament then points back to the cross. Okay, so as we said last week and Sunday, that's why there's nothing about um, the Chinese civilization or or what happened in the Western Hemisphere. There's nothing about um, Northern Europe and all that. It's not that God doesn't care about that, but it has nothing to do with the bloodline of Christ. So that's why the Bible will follow that. Now, in this study, we will take time when we get into out of prehistory. We'll go, okay, hey, here's where this is what was happening Outside, the, the Great Wall of China was being built here. The Aztec Empire was here. And we'll walk through that. Hey, this, this prophet in the Bible was a contemporary of Socrates or Socrates, okay? And, and, and so we'll walk down, um, this, this line and try to bring the rest of the world history in so we have sort of something to, to rest in. That way the, the Bible's not, as we said, Narnia, sort of this thing that, yeah, I believe it, but it's not real history. We want it to be real history because the Bible is real history. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Real quick, put your finger there. Go to John. John is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And by the way, we want you to bring your Bibles we say this all the time. We'll say it again. Do not trust what I say. I will get things wrong. 
I thought Ohio State would be national champions. I was wrong. Um, so I will get things wrong. And so don't trust anything that's said by anybody unless it's verified and backed up by Scripture. Okay? That'll keep you from getting in trouble. So John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And here's the key thing. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we'll find out later in a couple verses who the Word was, and that was Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among men. So in the beginning, we know that God was there, verse 1 of Genesis. In the beginning, we know Jesus was there, or the Son of God, verse 1 of John. And now, back in Genesis, verse 2, who else was there? The Spirit, okay? That is the Trinity. That is three persons in one, okay? So we've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They were all there in the beginning. For years, I thought Jesus didn't exist, or the Son of God didn't exist until zero, or four, or six BC. I thought that was the first time we see the Son And that's not true. In fact, as we go through this study, you'll find out that most of the occurrences where where man is interacting with God, it is God the Son that he is interacting with. These are theophanies or or Christophanies where where God becomes man and, and, and takes on that image. And so when we see things like that fourth person in the in the furnace, that's the Son of God. When we see a burning bush and Moses talking, that's the Son of God. And that becomes cool because the burning bush says, I am. Jesus answered to Pilate, I am. It it connects and we start understanding. Oh, okay, so Jesus wasn't just this great teacher, prophet. Jesus is God and that's critical. That's critical to understand. So we've got to understand that. Okay, so Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in the beginning, and this is now, we're dipping into creation, the earth was formless. The best way I can describe this was sort of like, um, back, remember when we used to watch the space shuttle or, or, well, we weren't watching the Apollo, but some of you were watching the Apollo missions, and, and we saw the astronauts dropping some tang out, and it would go and it would float around, this is globule. That's sort of how I picture the earth. Okay, formless and void, darkness. Why was darkness there? Because God hadn't created what? Light yet. Okay, so darkness was there, but there's a there's a key word that's mentioned there. Over what? Over the deep. Yeah, so apparently um, the very first creation, right before God said, let there be light, there was formless, but there was water. There was some there's some form of water. And water comes into play here because over the next um, three days, we're going to see God splitting this water and doing things with it and creating other things. Okay? So, we're already starting to go contrary to evolutionary theory or how, the, how scientists would say the universe was formed. Okay? God, we start out, or the Bible starts out with this formless void this o- over the deep. Okay, and we'll and, and we'll watch as the as we continue down this line. Now, on your on your um, handouts, you got day one, two, three, four, five, and six. The reason why I put them on top of each other is because day one, two, and three. For those of you who um, are in drama, 
God is creating a backdrop, a scene. Day four, five, and six, he's placing the actors upon the stage. Okay? So day one, two, and three, we've got this scene out there. God's creating. And then four, five, and six, you'll watch how these actors get, um, get plugged in. So let's look at day one, verse three. And God said, let there be light. Now again, Verse 2, when we talk about the earth was formless and void, that's also day 1. Okay, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So day 1, we've got the earth, and, and God creates light. Okay? God creates light and he separates the darkness. So light from the darkness. The light he calls what? Darkness he calls what? And then there was what first? Evening first. Evening's the beginning of day in Jewish culture. Okay? Evening was first and then morning. Okay? So now we know why in Jewish culture evening comes first. Because in the Bible, that's how God wanted it. So actually the beginning of the day is when everybody's sitting down having dinner. That should be the beginning of the day. Okay? Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. Okay? So as God is going through this creative process, he's always going to refer to it as good. Why? Because sin is not in the picture yet. Okay? So that means who has not fallen yet? Satan, okay? So day one, we have light. A couple other things we'll notice, and we'll, you'll probably pick this on day four, but I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit. What, what is the spark for light? Who gives the light? It's God. Sun has not been created yet. Stars have not been created yet. Fire is not created, Okay? So God is the light. And we find out in, in heaven, as we look in um, the depictions of heaven in Revelation, for those of you who are at the fall mine, the sun, the heavens, and the earth will be thrown into the lake of fire. And God will now go back to what he was doing at the beginning, creating, he, he emanating light. God will be the light for heaven, just like he was at the beginning, before the sun, the moon, the stars were created. So day one, God created light. Day two, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. Okay, so day one, he creates light, okay, Separating light from darkness. Now he's going to separate something again. What is he separating? Remember at the beginning there was, there was this globule of what? Water. He's going to separate it now. So now we've got water above and water below. Okay? The water below is what we would know as the oceans. Okay? The, the water above is not there anymore. We'll get to that in a couple, couple weeks. But the water above and now we separate that, and what, what we get there is sky. So basically, on day two, God creates sky, the firmament, our atmosphere. Okay? 
Now, there's debate on how far he separated this. If this is just what we know as sky, and the, the upper waters were at one time a water canopy, or if he pushed that water even further and space is included there. That's a debate, and we'll get to that at some other point. Okay? So day three, and God said, let the water under the sky, so this is the lower water, be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. Okay, so what was created on day three? Land and vegetation. Okay, So the waters down low were separated this way. So day two, we separated this way. Now we're separating the waters this way. In the separation is land. On the outsides is water. Now, what did that look like? Did it look like the continents that we have today? Probably not. For those of you um, who have a science background, it's probably um, where we get Pangaea, the, the one continent. And it looks as that if that's how it was. I mean, we can see how how the continents sort of can fit together. Okay, and so most likely at the beginning there was just one supercontinent, and then something cataclysmic helped separate those. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Okay, day four. Okay, so we've taken care of the sets. Let's start filling these bad boys. All right. Day four, 14. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let there service signs to mark the sacred times and days and years. Okay? So these lights weren't there to create light. They were there to serve as signs. And let them be, and let there be lights um, in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater to govern the day and the lesser to govern the night. He also made stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. All right. So on the fourth day, Day one, he creates light and he creates matter. Day four, now he starts plugging in stuff. We, we get what we would know as the solar system and the Milky Way. We get the stars in the expanse of the sky. Okay. Closer to us, about 93 million miles closer to, we, we have the sun and then we have the, the moon, which is a reflector of the sun. So all these are being put into place. Why? To serve as time to serve as markers for the days, the, the years, the seasons. All these things were put into place on day four. Okay, now we start seeing where the Bible and, and, and scientific is starting to rub and go a, a different way. Okay? In scientific theory, those things would have come well before the earth. Okay? The earth would have been a later product. The Bible has it the other way around. Day five. 
And God said, let the water, okay, remember this is the lower separation, let the water team with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky so that God created um, the great creatures of the sea and the and every living thing with which the water teams and that moves about it according to their kinds. You might want to under, underline kinds because that's incredibly important. Okay, the Bible does not talk and speak about macro evolution to where monkeys become humans, cows become chickens or anything like that. It talks about micro. Yes, the Bible does talk about evolution, but they follow after their kind. Okay, and so we see this already mentioned with the seed bearing plants. Now we're seeing this um, in, in other cases. Okay, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Day. Okay, so now we have filled this, this separation. We filled the sky and the waters. Now we're going to fill this big old set that's really important to us. And that'll be on day six. And, And I just lost it. And God, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. There it is again. And the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. So insects um, would be during this day. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us... Okay, you might want to underline us. God didn't say, um, let me, let us. Okay, the very first, the very first five words in the Bible. Bereshith, Elohim, bara, shamayim, iretz. Bereshith means the beginning or in the beginning. Elohim means God and that is plural in Hebrew. God is plural. Okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So here we see this happening. Like, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that we, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. When it said, let, let us make man in our image, this is not talking about a physical image. This is talking about, about the basic essence of God. Okay, we, we have this, this idea of relationship, of love. I mean, all these things is what it's talking about in his image. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Remember, this is a floodlight view of Genesis. Okay, in chapter 2, we'll go back and watch how, how female was created. God blessed them and said to them, just like he said to the animals, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts on the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So God or God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Okay, so he adds the very here. And there was evening 
And there was morning the sixth day. So at the end of the sixth day, God said he saw everything, all that is in creation. And what is it? It's very good. What has not been introduced to the world yet? Sin. Where's Satan? He's an angel. Okay. He's an angel. He has not fallen yet. When does Satan fall? We don't know. But it's between the end of the sixth day and before he gets to Eve. I'm going to guess it wasn't too long. Okay? What's one thing that wasn't mentioned that was created? If you have your Bibles or your handout, turn to Job 38, 4 through 7. And this is, by the way, if you, we have it in the reader, Job 38 through 41 or 42, I think, yeah, 42, is just a classic, a classic talk, debate between God and man. And basically, God does all the talking. And it's wonderful. It's, and that's why we have you read it, because there's a lot of explanation as God is talking to Job. There's a lot of explanation about other things. People go, well, are the dinosaurs mentioned? Were they part of the creation? Absolutely. And you'll find them in Job. Okay, it talks about dinosaurs there. And, and well, what, what, about, uh, what about the angels? This is where we find that as well. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Job was silent, as he should be. Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? The original cornerstone. While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So, apparently the angels were there when the foundations of the earth were were being laid. So we don't know exactly when they were created, whether it was day one or shortly after that, but probably right around there. Okay? The angels, I used to believe that there was all different past histories and the angels maybe were past humans that went through this whole process and now they were angels and now we're on to the next level of soon-to-be angels. And I used to think that the craters in the moon were were like bullet holes from Satan and God's fight and all this kind of stuff. And I was a kid. I had a great imagination. And I used to think of all this stuff. And, and so I, I thought, yeah, all the angels had... Those are just past us's. Um, that's not true. Angels and humans are not the same. Okay, we have we, we are we are separate in creation. Human beings, us, were made in the image of God. Angels were not. We are the highlight of God's creation. Angels were created to worship God and minister. That was why they were created. Okay. So day seven. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, God didn't need to rest. He didn't need the Gatorade stand or anything like that. God used this as a symbol for us. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Okay, so there is the creation Days, six days of creation. So now the arguments, and by the way, can I get time on there? Um, the six days creation, the arguments come, okay, so if, if 
It is a literal six days of creation, which I personally believe, to the scoffing of many probably, I personally believe it actually is a literal 24-hour days. But again, this is an argument, by the way, that I don't care about. I don't care if um, the earth is 6,000 years old or if the earth is uh, millions or billions of years old. I, I don't care. It, it, it's, a, it's fun to debate about it, but it's, it's a minor that should be left as a minor in the argument. It doesn't weigh in on the salvation piece. It doesn't weigh in on, on who God is and on the deity of God. Or It doesn't, it doesn't weigh in on that, but it, it, it's fun to argue. Okay, And so scientists believe... Um, and, and I shouldn't even say scientists because there are Christians who are scientists too, okay? But um, it, naturalistic scientists would, would say that um, the universe, I think the modern count right now, somewhere around 14.3 billion years old and counting, okay? And that started with the big what? Bang! A singularity and went, no one ever says what caused that singularity or what caused the thing that, the bang that caused, the banger that caused the bang, but... Whatever. Um, and so at that point, and then slowly over billions of years, the universe came to what we know. And, and it's been, okay. And then at some point, Earth came out of that. And then at some point, life on Earth happened. Spontaneous generation sometime. Okay. And, and of course, those first humans started out in some um, little pond soup type thing and all, some day they got out and they start crawling all that kind of stuff and they and they be and they start going through this evolutionary cycle you've seen you've seen that whole thing um, and then at some point they became man and so the bible does not talk about that at all the bible does not mention in fact as we look at this creation um, when god said and he created man we find out that he created him full grown he didn't even he didn't start with Adam. He didn't create a crib and a baby and, and sort of watch over him for a while. He didn't do that. He created man fully grown. Adam Adam, and then eventually woman, who would later be called Eve. Okay, And, and so they were created with what we would call the appearance of age. We see that all as well with the vegetation. It, it seems to be that God created the trees with the appearance of age. It is also possible God created the universe with that same thing. So light that would take maybe millions of miles to get get to um, heaven, God's already got that there. Okay, So um, we're not going to spend too much time arguing about that. What I do want to bring out is because we brought this out on Sunday, and I, it is an important um, thing to talk about, is the whole idea of cause and effect the beginning, and, and we're going to I'm going to lay out really quick an argument. It's a cosmological argument called the Kalam cosmological argument, and this is an argument that yes, there had to have been a cause. There had to have been um, a cause to everything we know, and it goes like this: Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Not whatever exists has a cause, but whatever begins to exist has a cause. The second part of that, the universe began to exist. Now, for years, the second part was argued. For years, the educational community said the universe is eternal. It has always existed. It has always been here. And then a little over 100 years ago, guys like Hubble and then later on, guys like um, Einstein started figuring out, oh my goodness, the universe had a beginning. There was, and that's when we start getting the Big Bang idea. But the universe had a beginning. So the argument goes, 
And by the way, this isn't even an argument that came out of Christianity or Judaism. This came out of Islam. Okay? Because on this one argument, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity all agree. There was a beginning and that that beginning is God. Now, the name of that God might be a little different. Okay? So whatever begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. If those two are accurate, if we're going to say, yes, everything that begins to exist has a cause, cause and effect, everything or the universe began to exist, if we're going to agree with that, then the third has to follow logically. And that is, therefore, the universe has a cause. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so the universe has a cause. So now what we have to do is is try to explain what this cause is. Now for Christians, we believe it's God because that's what the Bible says. And before Hubble and before Einstein, we believed it. There was a time where the world was absolutely positive that the earth was flat. The earth was flat. However, those who read the Bible, Isaiah 40, 22 says he sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. The disaster happened when the church, the universal church went along with that and they also believed the earth was flat. And the church even went so far as to persecute those who would doubt that. That's why at one point, Luther in our history came and said, you know what? We, we would, it would probably behoove us to read the Bible. Keep us out of trouble. Okay. And so that's, that, that's our, that's our goal. Read the Bible. Okay. So we believe there was, there was a cause and we believe that cause was God, Elohim, plural. Okay. We also believe that he created, okay, bara, okay? Only God can create. Man makes and forms. So some of, some of us go, oh man, I created this. No, you did not. You formed what was already created, okay? Okay? Man does not create. Only God can create. And we take this creation and we form. We turn it into beautiful art, beautiful music, beautiful poetry. We do that, Now we look at this and we go, well, so how do we know it's six days? And, and we actually don't. There's arguments. People, theologians that I absolutely, I listen to their podcasts every day, agree that, that the universe is old. And then there's other theologians that I listen to every day and I love and I read that believe in that the universe is young and that the earth is young. So there, there's arguments between how old the universe is, how old the earth is, okay? And again, we don't really care. The reason why I think it's a literal 24-hour day is because the Hebrew word, Y-O-M, yom, is almost always, always, always used with a literal 24-hour period. So when God's using day here, he's not talking about an age. He's talking about a literal day. And it further it further, God furthers this by saying, and there was evening and there was morning. So it seems to me that the earth was created in six literal days or that everything was created in six literal days. Okay. Again, there's arguments 
And then there's other arguments like called the gap theory. You can look that up if you want that says, well, everything was created and then it all went to pot and then because Satan was what a... Um, so there, there's theories and theories, and most of these theories are trying to marry scientific theory with the Bible. And I'll be honest, I will be honest, everything on both sides always begins with assumptions, okay? What we believe as far as the Bible goes starts out with the assumption that the Bible is true, that God is true, that this is not made up. Okay, science also has, including all the crazy cool dating, radiometric or carbon dating, always, always, always starts with an assumption. Okay, but the problem is science, as scientists will tell you, to be honest, can only observe, can only talk about what they can observe, observe. Okay, so we're not going to get in the whole creation versus evolution argument because it has nothing to do with our timeline. So what I will say, if you take the Bible literal... If you take Genesis in a literal way, then that means the creation of the world was in six days, and God rested on the seventh, and there began the cycle. And then, as we'll get into in later studies, if you take the timelines, assuming there's not any gaps between Adam and Abraham, that puts the creation of the earth somewhere around 6,000, at the very most, 10,000 years ago, okay? Again, we can argue back and forth. Um, it's actually pointless arguments because it does nothing about whether... Okay, but that would put that there. So that would put Noah in the flood somewhere around 2,500, and then that takes us um, takes us through. Let's run. We're running out of time, and I want to make sure I hit this piece. Okay, let's start getting into chapter 2. Verse 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth um, when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5, now no, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and was, and was watered and the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man um, became a living being. What I just read, for some of you for, who are paying attention, should bring out a question. Okay, let's keep going. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were when the, in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering um, the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. And if I mispronounce it, just giggle amongst yourself. The name of the first is um, Pishon. Probably there. Um, it winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there was gold, where there is gold. The gold of the land is good, aromatic, resin, and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Okay, stop right there. So where is Eden? 
How many recognize any of the names of the rivers? How many recognize four names? Three? How many recognize two? Good. All right. So two of them are, are still rivers that are, that carry that namesake. So where's Eden? Okay. So around where the Tigris and Euphrates are. Okay. So a lot of people go, well, well, Eden originally started over in where we would know as modern day Iraq. It had to have been over there somewhere. Um, that's had to be where Eden is. And people have actually gone and looked over there. And trust me, it, it's not Eden <laughs> over there. Um, it, and we can laugh, but we live in Arizona. So, um, and so it's not Eden there. And here's why. What happened between this statement and now? The flood. Nothing. None of the topography of the earth is the same as it was back then. No one knows where Eden is. Eden could have been located at what's the bottom of the ocean currently. We don't know. What would, what happened though is as, as, um, Noah was coming out of the ark and they're coming out of uh, Mount Ararat, which is modern day Turkey, and they're coming down and they're following these headwaters. Well, what, the first couple headwaters that they name, what do you think they're going to name them? Rivers that they've known from the past. That's probably where we get the Euphrates and the Tigris. It's not the literal same rivers, but they were named after rivers that existed before. All right. Makes sense. Okay. All right. So, all right. 15. And this is important. The Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. That statement is going to come in huge. Next chapter. It's going to have everything to do with what happened with this whole fall. Make sure you understand that statement. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And then look at the order in which God parades helpers. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would name them and whatever the man um, called each living creature, that was its name. So man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Duh. Okay? So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, which is not hard. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and closed it up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman, not Eve, but a woman from the rib. He had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. Then man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman creative. Okay. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. And I don't want to confuse you. That woman would eventually be called Eve. Okay. So, so a couple things there. Any, any real quick questions on something doesn't quite skew there? Anybody catch anything? Yes, way over here or way over there. Whichever way. Yeah, it's the easy way. All right. <laughs> and specifically on what I just read, I'll get it. I'll get questions about the whole thing first. Okay. Oh, this is like the prize is right. Right over here. Question. Yo, there you go. Now, from what I just read in chapter two, we're not talking about the creation story or anything like that. Is there anything that sort of felt like a little weird? 
seems like it contradicts itself. It what? It contradicts itself because it says that the trees and stuff had no water in it, but he created it all, like you said, of, of age. Dang it. Okay. Yes. Okay, did some people... Let's, let's look at 2-4, and I know we're running, so we're, we're going we're gonna to fly here. Um, verses 4 through, through 14. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground but streams came from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. So right here we go, wait a second. Man was created before shrubs? Man was created before Here's the answer to this question. Because when I first read that, I went, what? I can go to the parties now. But go back. And the word for plant of the field is is, um, siach. Okay? And the word for um, herb of the field is eseb. These truly were not created yet. Because these are translated as thorns and thistles. And herbs of the field, which would be like what we would know as barley, corn, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff apparently did not exist until after the fall of man. Okay? When God told Adam, you will now work there, and we'll, we'll get to that in another week. When you will, you will now work the ground, and with, with the blood and sweat, you will be, bring about fruit. Okay? He's going to start having to do that with this new type of plant that comes out. And so when we look at like the NIV, it just says plant, and it just... Translate it's like that, like, oh my gosh, that stuff, and it, and it confuses. What it's saying is it's letting the readers know, before sin entered the world, before all that work, before we had to deal with the fallen earth, and man now had to start working for his food, here's what happened. Okay, it doesn't say that there wasn't the plants that were seed-bearing and all the stuff that was good for food that was provided already um, for Adam that he just um, tended. Okay, so it's talking about a different plant. But that is a thing, and I wish we had more time because we're running out of time to dig into that. But that's why it's important to understand the words and the usage of there because it can get confusing, especially when we're talking about modern English language. Okay, so um, that that was that's a problem that... If you don't know know the answer, it, 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 could, it could cause a, hey, wait, that, that does sound like a, a backwards um, answer. Okay? So that's what I wanted to make sure you catch because um, some people will come back and go, wait. And, and to be honest, I probably read that whole passage a hundred times before I went, hey, wait a second. That's what happens when you, read, when you speed read the Bible to finish it in a certain amount of time. Okay? The Bible's meant to be studied. Okay? So... I wish, man, this this could be a whole series. This could be a whole study by itself, creation and all that. But we are going to be moving along the timeline. Okay, so um, Sunday, for those of you who come, we're going to start talking about Adam and Eve. We're going to talk about this whole sin idea. Um, any quick questions? I will be up here for for questions afterwards. But any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, so I hear a lot about, like you were talking about the tree of life at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then also you're talking about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference? Yeah, there are two different trees. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the tree that Adam and then that Adam was commanded not to do what? Eat from. Okay. By the way, that's not what Eve said to God. Okay. So Okay, um, 
it says if you eat it from the tree of uh, good and, or knowledge and um, good and evil, yes, that you would surely die. Mm-hmm. Did that mean that they would die immediately, or that they were at that point they wouldn't have died had they not? What what it's talking about is is something that did come true. Um, and again, we I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, as um, Satan, who's now fallen and is and is um, basically possessed the um, the serpent, as him and Eve are talking through that that whole idea, and, and Satan's trying 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 to get Eve to basically act independently of God's plan. If you want a classic biblical definition of what sin is, it's acting independently of God's plan. That's sin, okay? And so Satan wants to bring that about in mankind, okay? And so he's trying to get her to act independently. So he starts questioning God. He starts twisting God's word. And then Eve, well, actually not Eve yet. She hasn't been named Eve yet. But woman started twisting God's word too. As she's answering back to the serpent, she says, uh, we aren't supposed to eat from it and we're not supposed to touch it, which is not what God said, okay? And so all of a sudden things started getting twisted and then finally Eve, or a woman and man, ate from the tree. They both acted independently. By the way, woman was not created when God gave that that um, um, command to Adam. So apparently Adam miscommunicated figures, okay? So, okay? And apparently Adam was actually standing pretty close by, okay? Probably eating a Twinkie, okay? So, which had to have been in the Eden, by the way, okay? So, back to that then. Um, did they die when they ate from it? Absolutely. The meaning of, of what it means to die is separation. Sin equals separation. That means we are separated from God. Death means separation. Now, a physical death means we are physically separated from our body. A spiritual death means we are, or we are spiritually separated from God. And that is why, threadline, we need Jesus to take care of this separation, to close that gap. Okay? So when it's talking about you will surely die, he's not talking about something trivial like physical death. He's talking about something eternal like spiritual death. And at that moment, they were separated from God and basically on a death sentence. Okay? Yep. And this will be the last question, then we'll get some more, or two questions, and we'll get, let you guys go get your kaboomers. Yep. It says in chapter 2, verse 5, what we just read, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the God, for Lord God had not sent rain, rain not yet sent rain on the earth but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground but we just covered and said that the first creation was water because they were hovering over the water the spirit of God was okay so this makes it sound like just because the there's not rain doesn't mean there's not water Okay, and so what it's talking about is before rain fell to the ground. And by the way, um, we'll get talking about the flood. There's a good chance that rain didn't happen all the way until the flood. Okay, in the beginning, everything was watered and taken care of by this the springs from the deep, and those would those would water um, everything in all creation. By the way, the topography of the earth was probably completely different than what it is now. Okay? What we know as mountains probably weren't quite so mountainous. What we know as valleys probably weren't quite so, so deep. Okay? So th- before the flood, things on earth were different. Climate was different. The polar caps, totally different. Especially if, and we'll get to this, if there was some kind of canopy, which is debatable, by the way. So, um, yeah, it's very possible that um, rain hadn't happened all the way to the flood. But at that moment, yes, before rain had fell on the earth, this happened. That doesn't mean that water did not exist. Water was there. 
sound like earth came before water. Huh? It made it sound like there was land before water, earth before water. Yeah, it was, it's, mainly, it's mainly talking about, about the rain. The water, we, we, we see all the way back in um, verse or verse 2 that there was, there was water. Okay, one real last question. I know kaboomers, uh, they're going to start chasing you down. He created uh, fruits and seeds for everybody to eat, mm-hmm. all the animals to eat. Why did he create fish and turkeys and pigs and those kinds of things? Okay, that's a that's a good thing. All those things were created. Um, they weren't they weren't yet for eating. We will find out that God that in the beginning man was vegetarian. Okay, we won't see God given permission for man to eat flesh until after the flood. So when we look at Noah, look at Noah's first commandments, and, and, and a lot of it, by the way, what God commands Noah mirrors what he commanded Adam, okay, almost, almost exactly, but then he said, just like in the beginning, I gave you plants to eat, now I give you, okay, and so that, that's when that piece started happening, okay, I gotta close, um, thank you guys for coming tonight, let's close in prayer, okay, dear my father, we thank you so much, we thank you so much that you were there in the beginning and you created, we thank you that you love us. And Heavenly Father, as, as we get this started out with a, a topic that is um, that can get incredibly um, debatable um, in, in many different areas, I just pray that we continue to focus in on what the Bible means, and that is the revealing of Jesus Christ. And as we, um, in good nature, debate what the ages of things and all that, uh, that we again remember that um, it's all about you. And um, that you had a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And um, Heavenly Father, I pray um, as we talk about this spiritual death that um, we are all burdened. That we are all burdened um, to save anybody who is still physically or I mean spiritually separated from you. To give them the knowledge, the good news, the gospel that Jesus, God, became man, dwelt amongst us, died on a cross in our place to pay our debt, to close our separation, and was resurrected on the third day, giving him authority over death. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's someone in here that doesn't understand what it means to have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, what it means to know that when we die and we we close our eyes for the last time, that we will reopen them face-to-face with Jesus. If someone in here does not know this, That's more important than anything we'll talk about. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you give them wisdom um, to come and talk to me, come and talk to some of the staff, um, because that's life's most important and essential decision. Heavenly Father, we pray as we continue to go forth um, on this study, um, as we talk about the fall of man and sin and what what that means not only to have a sin nature, but what it means um, to be saved from that. And as we continue to move through and we get to the flood and Noah and all the other things, Give us the wisdom to stay focused in on you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Um, We lift up the India team that's going to be heading out next Sunday. Um, I pray that you give them strength, perseverance, and wisdom as we become the hands and feet of Jesus in an area that so desperately needs it. We thank you. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'll be up here. I'll grab some more questions if you need.